to What The Hex, your source for Warhammer Underworlds in under 30 predictions that are guaranteed to come true. Uh, not all not all predictions are guaranteed. For What The Hex, I'm Phil, and with me as always is my co-host, Davey. How you doing, Davey? I'm doing good. I'm in a different spot. Last, uh, last time we recorded, I was using some kludge together equipment, this time in a kludge together location, so we'll <laughs> see how this goes. Hey, uh, it worked out fine last time. I guess so. I didn't hear anything otherwise. So um, <laughs> hopefully, I think I think most of the pain will come on my end from uh, any start start stop where I've got to uh, correct it in editing. So hopefully, it's all uh, totally invisible to the listener. So yeah, there's nothing people like hearing more about uh, editing podcasts here. That's why yeah. they really tune in. So. I mean, they should, we should probably just have a whole episode about editing. The podcast, oh yeah, right? oh, so good. I, we might we <laughs> might get Aaron uh, Aaron to listen again. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's that probably for the worst. This is like my last Ooh. place. I, I was a, uh, I was uh, making jokes at his expense when we were uh, on the story phase while he was on some paternity leave sort of stuff, and uh, I assumed he wasn't going to listen, but he did. And uh, so, <laughs> but I, I feel confident that I can I can get my jabs in here without him uh, picking up on him. So, sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, so today, <laughs> if you might you might be able to guess, we are going to be looking forward to a hopefully bright future of 2022 for Warhammer Underworlds. We're going to talk a bit about where we've been, where we are, where we're going, what we think is coming up, and generally reflect on the state of Warhammer Underworlds, and it should be pretty fun. All right. So, as usual, uh, we have a couple of topics before we dive in to our main discussion. Um, but before we get to that, we do have a quick thing to let you all know about. And we have a survey for all of our listeners just to be able to gather some information, see what we can be doing better, uh, and make sure that the show is something that you're going to continue to enjoy for the next year and hopefully further into the future. Yeah, just get um, a better sense of who you are out there listening and, and how we can uh, make sure we're making something that you want. Um, I think our goal is going to be to finish that up at the end of January. Um, you'll see in the show notes a link to uh, to the survey itself. Uh, so, yeah. Um, it's going to be quick. It's right, right around 10 questions. Um, and just uh, uh, bang on through that, and it'd be awesome. Yeah, greatly appreciated. Um, just just want to be able to make sure we're providing content that you will always enjoy. So then, uh, our normal topics. Community shout-outs. Uh, anything going on in the Underworlds community that you'd like to let people know about, Davey? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's some of the channels that we usually mention, but uh, one thing we've kind of been overlooking, and these guys have been doing this for a long time, is uh, there's a couple of, uh, we call them remote tournaments. There's the Vassal Clash. They just had their 10th one. Um, and mm -hmm. that is actually, uh, I think I think Shuby's got a big hand in, in running that. Um, and uh, and then straight out of Shadespire uh, is a webcam tournament. And Valentine, I think, is the one who's responsible for running that. Um, and... Uh, I, uh, I was just perusing on the drive. We were driving from uh, Madison to St. Louis, about a six-hour drive. I was uh, flipping through deck lists on my phone. Man, it felt great to be looking at you know, at uh, deck lists again. Like, here's, here's some people innovating or trying new things out. Um, and uh, notably for you, I think, uh, Starblood Stalkers came out on top both times. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's the same guy, RG, maybe both times. So uh, I'll correct myself in the next step if I'm wrong. Or yeah. cut this out entirely, but uh, Starblood top of the top of the pile both times. So yeah, I I definitely saw the results. I don't remember which tournaments it was for. I just saw the screenshot of like top top eight or whatever. Yeah, and yeah, I Starblood. Um, but I thought interestingly as well is that there was no like duplicate warbands in the top eight, mm. from what I can remember, uh, and I think even. Um, Iron Skulls? Oh, that was the in the, uh, straight out of Shadespire. Iron Skulls were in there, which was, what the hell? Yeah, it was uh, wild. So, exciting. Yeah. so I am, yeah, yeah. I haven't looked at the, the lists yet, but I am very interested to see what, what was going on there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so, the, uh, we'll, we'll link, well, we can link to them, but honestly, the uh, the uh, Vassal Clash decks are um, over on Underworlds DB, and the uh, straight out of Shadespire is over on Deckers. Um, so, 
Um, yeah. They're, yeah. So they're all available for perusing those respective spots. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely... a lot of big spread of warbands in both. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of cool stuff. Lots of warbands from different eras. Uh, you know, not exactly what I would have expected. Uh, I mean, I did, I saw there was Hrothgarn. I saw that there was Starblood, like things that were expected and then <laughs> obviously things that weren't. So yeah. very cool. Yeah. Um, it'll be, it'll be nice. Hopefully there will continue to be tournaments throughout the year and we'll continue to see things, uh, change as we get more and more cards for this season with new mechanics and new interesting things for people to brew up. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, that's really the only things that I've seen going on as well. So I will skip straight on ahead to what the heck is going on with you. Um, and I will just start this off since I had nothing else to say. And so I've just been tinkering with some decks. Um, I need to test out. I, I have my Harrow Deep box, but I haven't actually gotten the cards out yet. I've gotten the boards and the tokens and everything, but I neglected to actually unpack the cards. So I'm going to finally slot those in. And hopefully the next time we're playing at our local league, I can test out the new stuff because I've started to realize there are a handful of cards in my old deck that don't make a whole lot of sense anymore. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and then I also built a Hrothgorn deck that I've just realized didn't save. So I'm going to have to rebuild that. But uh, it's been fun. And one of our uh, locals, he's also been playing Hrothgorn a decent amount. I ch- chatted deck building with him and he seems to be enjoying it. I don't know how much Davey's enjoying him enjoying it, but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. He's he's uh, actually the funny thing is the thing he was playing before that was uh, uh, the Soul Raid and the the colors of the figure right. actually like right on. So um, he's he's keeping his plastic the same color. Um, but uh, that's actually Matt. He's painted. He's actually, he's kind of sitting on the top of the pile. We uh, we're on our holiday break for the league, but. Uh, we come back next week or the, the next, not next week, the next uh, session is kind of the last chance to scrabble for those uh, top four spots to play in the semis. Um, yeah. So uh, he's sitting pretty right now, as are you. Um, <laughs> I am not. Yeah. Uh, so as far as what the heck is going on with me, it's uh, I'm getting shellacked with the Grimwatch, but it's, it's fine. I'm learning some things, um, making some errors. I had an awesome game against uh, uh, Brian's Dread Pageant. Um, which uh, I feel like every time I play against him with those, I, it's, there's really fun head games. And it's just because, you know, Dread Pageant, I like that like that deck. I've thought a lot about them, so I end up thinking a lot about what cards he could have, and that really kind of um, grinds grinds me up a little bit. <laughs> so, um, But uh, that was a close. That was a 1920. I've had some good games, but I think that was the closest I've had um, since the Oof. Grimwatch came back out. Very um, nice. Yeah, and I, I'm thinking about it. I've, was thinking about some things I can try to do different here. Um, cool. And along, yeah. So along those lines, um, I'm thinking I I, uh, I managed to derail right almost as soon as it started derail the uh, the Hexodus, but we may return to that if I if I can get a few more games in with these guys enough to put an article together. Um, so hmm, nice. We'll see, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, um, I mean, it'd be nice to share the paint job. I think they look pretty sweet. Yeah, not a promise, but a hope. How about that? <laughs> so, yeah. You know, someday. Yeah. No hard deadlines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, awesome. Sounds good. Uh, so, main topic: looking ahead to next year. And before we can look ahead, we should probably understand where we are right now and sort of where we've been. Uh, so, where are we, Davy? What's going on? Well, uh, <laughs> we we've uh, had a chance for uh, Harrow Deep to kind of settle in a little bit, right? Like. There's, yeah. uh, we kind of described it as almost like a, uh, like a, uh, 1.5 or a 2.0 version of Underworlds with, uh, as many changes as, as came. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, for, for a more complete listing of those, you can go back to previous episodes, but, um, uh, I think people are getting comfortable with how things go to, to, you know, different degrees. Um, myself, I'm still figuring out like, uh, some of the things like board advantage, like what do I want? You know, if I'm, if I've got this kind of war band, what do I, what am I trying to do and all that sort of thing. But as people figure that out, they're settling in some deck builds, figuring out what cards do and don't work. Um, mm-hmm. 
and we're also figuring out where some of the for some of the gaps exist, where some of the things that we might still be a little confused on, or some such. But uh, what is your sense of uh, of where it now that the dust has settled, so to speak, where where we're at um, as far as I don't know, like balance or what's strong or what's not? You got any any takes? Yeah, well, conveniently, we did just have two tournaments that can kind of give us some indication of where things stand a little bit more clearly. Um, so I feel like generally compared to some seasons, we have a pretty solid balance across the board. There's obviously some more bands that are hurting pretty badly right now. Um, but I think on the whole, most of them can compete. Um and, and I think that's fairly well represented, as we were just saying, and that, you know, we can have a top eight in a tournament with no duplicates. Like, mm. you know, there were times where that was not the case. Uh, I think ghosts, thorns uh, specifically, and oh, I actually, you know, just ghosts. Let's just say ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ghosts have been sort of a, a high flying warband for a while. Uh, yeah. There were times where you're seeing lots of Molochs, lots of Hrothgorns, like, crushes it and it was like okay we kind of know what the thing is mm -hmm. i don't even know if i would say i know what the thing is right now i think yeah there uh, there were maybe for a little while some concerns they're like oh rothgorn's like the big bad on the block or whatever but i mean he he's obviously good i i'm not gonna say that he's not i think he definitely has a leg up right now just given his infection cards um some of the easiest things that you can do but like i don't know uh starbloods feel really good and they obviously just won some tournaments so uh hold objective play is not not out of the question and i'm glad to see that happen um when when the rules first dropped i was a little concerned about it but um yeah in terms of balance things feel pretty good i don't know if you have a different sense yeah, I mean, it feels good. I, it feels to me it's, uh, you know, it, it's still, I think there's people who have played a lot more than I have. It Like, I just have more volume of games and they may have a mm -hmm. more cemented picture. Uh, for me, there's still a lot of, a lot of uh, discovery. We're seeing some trends. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of, you know, fighting in the middle. Some of it's because, like, even the whole objective players, like, the, the thing of not being able to put an objective on the edge, like, that is a huge yeah huge change uh as it turns out and so all the objectives are forced much more towards the middle and it's uh and it's also hard for uh battle lines to be separated like they they were before now that we have like a permanent four offset and it used to be not only would it be you know a smaller offset four in championship play in dire chasm but before that smaller with a three offset doing diagonal boards uh but when the last two seasons when uh lethals would come down they would choke that off even worse. Um, yeah. And so now it's like, it feels like just a, a interstate freeway, like of, <laughs> of uh, fighters able to rush at you. So that's, that's taking some getting used to. Um, and I, I, some, some of the changes uh, have felt just uh, like maybe a, a gut instinct is like, Oh, this feels a little rough. Like this feels rough for hold objective, but you know, there's always an ebb and flow. If you think back to some of the early seasons, you know, like we used to talk about objective tokens as, uh, what was it, the Faneway portals, right? Like, yeah, there was a, just using them as your jump off points. <laughs> yeah, there was an upgrade to the Faneway crystal where you, it was a one use, and instead of moving normally, you just step onto any objective uh, from anywhere. And that's about all that anybody cared about them. Obviously, they got much bigger uh, at, at during, particularly during uh, Beast Grave. Although, you know, if we, we think about um, the bills, uh, Yep. Uh, he he uh, did some work with uh, you know the hold hold one and two like he he did work with hold objective play before um, before temporary victory was even in the mix so uh, it was around but what I like right now is that uh, there is a presence of holding like there's uh, there's there's things for holding uh, cover hexes and there's things for there's dominant position to hold more than your opponent. You know, there's there's uh, scant resources, which one of the conditions on that is uh, if all objectives are held. So uh, they're still relevant in a way that uh, means I, I would say they're they're relevant um, more than you know. It's it's not like the least relevant they've been. They they you better be paying attention to them, or you're going to get burned, right? So yeah, um, 
I, I think the the war bands that are finding a way to fight and to fight and fight over those objectives, uh, which makes sense when you, when you look at some of the these builds, um, uh, the Starblood Stalkers. That's exactly what they like doing. Like they like holding some. They they can leverage some fighting. You know, so a lot of tools there. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I, th- I think I really like where it's at right now. Um, as I, as I lose plenty of games, but I feel like I'm learning, <laughs> I'm learning uh, plenty as well. Yeah, and I, and I think that the feature tokens, more than just objectives being important, has been a, kind of an eye opener to me. Um, sure. I mean, there's cases where, you know, even just thinking back to last time I played Matt with Hrothgorn, it's like, oh. Uh, Hrothgorn specifically making a charge onto an objective while it was flipped over onto its gloom side just for the defensive bonus. And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, doing that helps him to not get hit, but it also screws up my game plan. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) And so it's like, now that people care so much about the tokens before they're an objective, it -hmm. also then has this other, you know, side to be like, oh, well, I want to be on those for defensive reasons, not even just for scoring. So um, that's been pretty crazy, like to see how impactful it's been. I wasn't sure how big of a shift it would be uh, when we first saw it. But I think in in playing it, it has definitely been big. And it's it's definitely something that I am glad to see. I think we've kind of always wanted there to be this investment in the feature tokens and caring where you put them like there were there were times where it was like i'm playing aggro i don't really care i'm just gonna put them you know as far away from my opponents i can and that's all mm-hmm. you cared about mm-hmm. um and then that's kind of i mean it's it's a little sad that that was a state that the game was in um and i think this is probably better um of course if if it becomes like too too affecting of the game uh if it's like super easy to score off of just holding uh feature tokens or something we could shift back the other way but i think they kind of learned their lesson in beast grave uh that if you swing the power too far for hold objectives it it skews the game pretty hard so Mm -hmm. don't expect to see that again yeah i think that's i think we can expect to see that pretty tempered at this point so yeah i think the only other thing that i you know have noticed so far in the game is that um some of the changes especially i think from the from the far and the uh, what i mean far mostly in that like it's just not very impactful right now um yeah there's just not a whole lot that the far is really doing um you know cards being on the list that are uh, not even championship legal notwithstanding right um like it, it's it's just not a big enough list the things that actually are like important to most decks aren't on there so yeah i expect hopefully at some point that'll change uh and then also um just some of the faq stuff like there's just some some missing clarity and then certain war bands i think are kind of out of the mix right now because people are feeling like the inspire changes are pretty impactful mm. um i personally haven't seen anyone play uh the Ideneth or Fire Slayers since the change, so I don't know like what it's looking like for those players, but I'm guessing it doesn't feel great. Yeah, I mean, uh, even even Grimwatch, if I if I trigger the Inspire, it's an end around thing. Yeah, uh, and so that first activation of the next round, I've got to be like, ah, man, like, yeah, yeah I I have to decide, you know, if I win the roll off, do I decide like, do I want it worse, you know, on offense or defense, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just feels. I, I think my main complaint is not that, like, I, like with from a balance perspective, like there's there's deeper arguments to be made about, you know, like, and I think it particularly stinks for Ideneth who only have that second round to be inspired, right? Uh, yeah. So to, to trim down what they get is is uh, feels especially bad there. Um, on others, you just like, well, you know, some warbands gain, some lose, uh, but I think it's just not intuitive. Right. Like yeah. I, I think it just, if I think, I think what players object to is that it just feels wrong. Like it says, do this at the end of the round. Do I really have to wait all the way through the first activation of the next round? Um, and so I, yeah. I think uh, it might've been requisite on our 
um, Discord, who I'm, you know, I'm sure other people put this forward, but I, I think you could potentially solve that by putting an inspire step uh, at the end of round and at the beginning of round, uh, and I think that kind of clears up all the remaining. You know, like it, it, it cleans that up. Whether they do that or not, I, I don't know. Like I, I don't really have a sense. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I kind of hope for, I hope for it less out of a balance thing and more out of a, more out of a, you know, making things feel like they are working the way they're supposed to. Um, yeah. And, and it's a lot easier. It would be a lot easier to explain and to teach if, if they would clean some of this stuff up. I think, I think there is a lot that happened with timing changes that are not, very intuitive now um there's just a lot more to like try and slog through to remember like okay now this then this then this even though the triggers happened a lot earlier um and so it's just there's more bookkeeping um which you just didn't really have to worry about before um it's not it's not the end of the world like it's not it's not a hugely mentally taxing change but um yeah some clarification i think would be helpful sure uh just referencing back to the far thing you were mentioned my my hot take is i don't think uh something like in the name of the king probably needs to be restricted anymore like it's i've i've had games where i've just like i guess i am uh chucking this like in the in the last one i played with brian there's a one i think i scored every other objective that was the one i had to uh discard because like <laughs> this one's just too hard which you know imagine somebody saying that uh you know yeah a year or two ago like what are you talking about like it's, yeah i know right <laughs> Um, and that's interesting because when I've been playing Starblood, um, just playing the, uh, oh, I don't even remember what it's called. There's a generic version of, it's only for one, but it's for hold three. Yeah. Uh, uh bleeding primacy. Yep. yep. And I haven't found it to be super difficult, although I do have to work a lot harder than I used to. Yeah. And I think some of that is because of how the skinks work versus how ghouls work i think your reactions are, are a big deal for that like they give you yes. a chance to yes. uh, step onto that um you can do some some stepping out of phase uh, which helps a lot so there's yeah and there's some speed and like you can flip things without being on top of them so yeah um some interesting like for this environment i think if you're going to play hold objectives right now at least to me it feels like star blood is probably the way to go um and and that sounds like that's probably your experience. Um, yeah, it's kind of difficult. Yeah, I think that's most powerful. <laughs> All right, and I think the only other thing for like where we are now, and this this jumps us into like looking forward, is just uh, sort of in terms of releases where we mm. are. Uh, yeah. So we had Harrow Deep come out. What's it been? Two months now. Is that about right? Uh, yeah, I think that's uh, that's right about it. Yeah. And we know because they've told us the schedule for next year that we're not expecting to see the next release until Q1 of 2022. And Q1 is a big time range. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, at earliest, it could be, you know, a month from now. Yeah. Uh, at latest, it could be three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a pretty big, pretty big range of where we're sort of sitting. And in some ways, I've been kind of feeling like I'm in a bit of a holding pattern because the card pool is so small right now that like yeah. I go to try and like think about like, oh, what could I change? What could I make better? And then I'm just like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess there's like one or two cards that I could think about. Sure. And sort of a weird spot to be in because um, towards the end of last season, it was like there's so many different choices like let's try out a bunch of different things. And obviously at that point we'd kind of figured out the meta, but there was still room for experimentation. And I feel like at least from my experience now, uh, we're not really in a very experimental area, except that there's just a lot of underlying mechanics that we probably haven't messed around with before. Mm, and, yeah. um, so in terms of card choice, it's not huge. And, and that is always something that I feel a little conflicted about at the end of releases and not knowing like how long we need to wait makes that feel a little weird. Yeah. Well, you're right. And the card pool is uh, short for two reasons. I think it, one is obviously it's early in a season. Um, and, but the other is that the season that did not rotate the dire chasm cards, there's a big chunk of those that are like very hunger related. Like, okay, well those aren't really available. Yeah. Like those aren't accessible to mo most. And then uh, there's a bunch that are hunter quarry, 
um, associated and those have a broader use, uh, because there's, I mean, that, that keyword exists in, on, in more places, uh, yeah. than hunger does. And because of cards like Savage Speed and Savage Strength, which, which hand out the hunter, uh, keyword. So those, those can get a little more, um, spread around. But even then, you know, if you've, if you've got a warband that, uh, isn't, doesn't, won't, doesn't have a way to leverage Hunter Quarry and doesn't have a way to, uh, use hunger, then you are struggling a little bit more, uh, I think, or you, you have the potential to be struggling a little bit more. I think, you know, like an example, yeah. a, a counter example might be the cunning crew who don't use hunger, don't have that hunter quarry thing going on, but they are so built around the new season of cover and gloom and that sort of thing that they're pretty happy with what they've got available to them. Yeah. And I would agree with that. I, I think that's definitely an interesting point that it's like, yeah, uh, we, we have a similar card, like size of card pool from last rotation, but um, the actual available cards is much smaller. Yeah. Something I hadn't, hadn't considered, but that is definitely true. And uh, yeah, I mean, it is interesting that the new war bands like uh, do really care about the new mechanics. And so they feel pretty happy with what's in the new core box. I, I mean, I was looking through some of the stuff in the core box when I was working on my uh, newest version of my Starblood, and it was just like uh, I don't like a lot of these choices. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'd have to like really go back down to the uh, you know bare bare bones to start over to start including some of those options. And sure. um, I don't know, maybe maybe it's something I should try. Yeah. Rather, but but it just didn't feel like it like really synergized very well. So yeah, I mean, interesting. I. I... I agree with that. I think uh, specifically since you're doing a lot of that with Starblood, I think they have the tools to kind of uh, make tweaks rather than a, a complete teardown. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Hey, but uh, leaning back to that uh, that Q1 release you're talking about, we do know yeah. that it's uh, the Pirate Ogre, right? Like, Ooh, yes, definitely. Yeah. Gorlock Black Powder. Gorlock Black Powder. Yeah. yeah. So we know that the Pirate Ogre is coming. Gorlock Black Powder. We know he's a brawler. Um, there's, a he's got a heck of a card. He's got a counter mechanic. Um, what do you think about this guy? Like we're, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the few things we do know so far. So just looking at his base stats, it's kind of like, oh, it's Hrothgorn, but he's got reach too. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that counter mechanic, like you mentioned, they, uh, you, we can see enough of it on the card to know that uh, he has these black powder counters and that to make his gun attack, he has to remove the counter. Um, as far as we can see, now obviously I think we can make some inferences that there's going to be ways to get the counters back, but uh, he only starts with one and then you spend one to make the shot. Mm-hmm. So it could be a one and done. I I feel like that's probably not the case, but the fact that you can't just set up shop and start shooting everybody like Rothcorn can is probably a good thing. Um, right. And it'll differentiate, I think, the warbands pretty significantly. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing it. He, he, on, as you, if you were just to look at the model, the, the warband models side by side, you're like, these seem like very similar. There's a, a guy, a big guy with a gun, He's got some pets. He's got some Noblar buddies. Like, uh, I, you know, I, on paper, you're you're worried that they may be too similar, but I think there's a lot of room for them to be different. I, I look forward to seeing, even if he is Frothcorn 2.0, you know, what 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 have they learned? What have they changed about him uh, mm-hmm. to to make that? So, um, that'd be cool. Plus, he get he and he and Rothcorn, you can just go run, you know sumo wrestler belly smash each other (laughs) (laughs) that'll be pretty great ogre battle yeah yeah Uh, i i'm definitely interested to see what all his little minions can do mm. um i feel like there's probably a lot more room for interesting changes to the warband from all the little guys Mm -hmm. than there are from uh whatever the big ogre does Mm -hmm. and obviously i mean if they make him care about doing weird stuff uh he could be very different i mean sure Right now, it screams uh, aggro. It's like, well, yeah. we're just going to have this big guy with Reach 2 go smash people. Yeah. Um, 
but my guess is it won't be that straightforward. At least I hope not. That, yeah. Uh, that's definitely something that I'm hoping we see in the next releases is that they keep leaning into these new mechanics, different changes, um, and keep showing like there's more room for this game than just like run forward attack or stand on objectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So he's the one we know, and we think there's a we know there's a, a rivals format deck dropping with right. So yeah, illusory might or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think we did see the name. Um, what that means, I mean, is anybody's guess. The the name for Silent Menace didn't exactly tell us anything about what's inside, uh, sure. except that it's sort of loosely maybe themed Silent on people. Silent People. Yeah, lots of insectoid I mean, stuff in there. But... Pretty sure if I just yeah. threw the cards at somebody and was like, tell me what ties these all together, <laughs> they would be like, uh, they're all from the same game? <laughs> I don't know. Um you might presume that it, it is a deck that's going to lean into illusion upgrades and ways to yeah. interact with those. That's if you had to take a wild guess, you would you would assume that that is what that's doing. And certainly there are you can tell from some of the cards in the in the core deck that there's some expectation that uh, there will be more illusion. I mean, I'm not I'm not breaking new ground here. There's, <laughs> there's surprise surprise like this. Illusion yeah. upgrade mechanic will continue to grow, but there's some cards that currently are, uh, if not non-functional, they're certainly suboptimal until we see more illusion upgrades come out. So I think in, illusion is like a cool idea mm-hmm. in practice, but in execution so far, it's like, well, I guess I'm getting an extra ploy that costs a glory to play. Like that doesn't feel great. Well, it doesn't cost a glory. That's the whole thing. About the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't cost a glory. You're right. It's it's not a it doesn't cost anything, but but it doesn't stick around, which still makes it feel like maybe a suboptimal choice for an upgrade. Um, I don't know though. I I hope that they can do something cool with it, specifically to make it like not just another, you know, shade glass slash amber bone slash you know, whatever material upgrades. Yeah. Um, and that they can be like, yeah, this is going to be a, a big part of this season and that you have to care about these because there's going to be like scoring based off of them or mm-hmm. maybe based off of people not having them or something like that. Um, it sort of forces them to the four. Um, I guess in terms of just what you think of the mechanic, <laughs> what are what are your thoughts so far on illusions? Uh, I think there's a few that are worth taking right now um, that uh, there's some defensive ones uh, in destruction and in uh, the cunning crew that uh, give you some buffs. Um, but other than that, there's, uh, there's a really terrible one for chaos. It's uh, I think I remember reading it. I can't remember exactly what it does right now, but I remember being like, and I will never play this card. <laughs> well, I can say uh, that uh it looks like chaos of, of the, although I think uh, Cunning Crew and Destruction have maybe the most interesting ones so far. Um, it looks like chaos might be the faction that tries to lean into them a little bit. They have all too real, which is a uh, surge hybrid that scores. If you take somebody out of action with uh, uh, upgrade attack action or just on a successful illusion attack action. So that one hmm. uh, favors that. And then they have one that's uh they have a gambit, like desperate bargain. If they become vulnerable, you can give them one upgrade from your hand or pick an illusion upgrade out of your discard pile and put that uh, back out. Uh, and so I think that's where you might see the, you know, like an illusion upgrade that is powerful um, but is temporary. If you can bring it out more than once, all of a sudden, okay, now we're talking, right? Like, yeah. Now we got and that's something. the kind of thing that I'd like to see in the game more is like, yeah let's let's start to see new mechanics recursion is not something that we've seen before where you can just be like i'm gonna pull cards out of my discard pile it's like whoa wait wait a minute yeah it's it's been in there well yeah there's there's recycled riches from uh watch and such but uh that one says where we shuffle like but it's it's just not been in there in any significant way so uh practically speaking it's not been there technically speaking Mm -hmm. it has yeah um but the, the, what you don't want to see is like Phantom Pain, which is 
you know, uh, it's a chaos only one, which is minus one defense and you get plus one range on your range three plus attack actions. Like, man, yeah, it's got to be a smoking hot uh, ranged attack action for that to be, you know, worth your while. And like uh, thinking about what chaos warbands even have ranged attacks that you care about. It's like, uh, all I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of the casters maybe, but they are often ones that really don't want to have to sacrifice a defense. Mm-hmm. Dice. Yeah. I mean, you're usually stacking defense at that point because you yeah. want them to survive or you need them to. Yeah. Uh, so I don't point, know. Point being, like that—that's a—that's a tough one. Um, mm-hmm. That's a tough example. But I think I think there's a lot of ways they could go with the illusions, or you know, something that uh, you know, lets you reset it, or if you have to break it, you get to place it on somebody else, or you know, the just just ways to play with the illusions and let you lean into the mechanic a little bit more. So yeah, that yeah, that would fun. definitely be cool. Yeah, um, and maybe not have it go like hunger did for so long i yeah. i do kind of wonder uh in that same vein if we're gonna end up with a war band that's like focused around illusions yeah it'd be um, interesting if like their whole jam uh-huh. will just be like i do stuff with illusions uh, yeah what if you had like uh another zinch war band that was that that feels like up their alley right yeah like, it definitely well mm. yeah them or maybe slanesh too sure um mm. chaosy either way but yeah like, I think there's, there'd be a lot of interesting things you could do with illusions, but um, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. And we said before here, other mechanics that I look forward. I mean, we're just talking about like, it'll be fun to see more cards come out uh, that are, that are taking a look at and how they'll shape this. So uh, I was talking about cards that interact with gloom or cover or the delve mechanic. Uh, I think there's a lot of things can be done there. And anytime, anytime they start doing uh cards that are part of a set like i can't help it i'm i'm i want to see more of those so like i want to see another waypoint you know we've got the Mm -hmm. we've got the one waypoint i want to see more of those just because i don't know that's the collector instinct or something so yeah well then you always hope that there's like hey if you've got these things and there's the set of these things that maybe there's some payoff for collecting the whole set sure and then you can make a weird build where you're like but of course, you know, some people might say, well, we've done that. And every time it's not really worked out because it's been too strong or it's not been a thing at all. Um, I think usually it falls more on the too strong side of things and they have to restrict all the cards that are part of the set. <laughs> yeah, not not to range too broadly, but what do you how do you feel about uh, the silent items? Uh, as yeah, far as that? I mean, they're definitely interesting, I think. As you mentioned earlier, we're seeing a lot more fighting in the middle of the board. And so I think the the Silent Sword and the Silent Shield have more impact now than they probably did when they first came out. Uh, and I think you maybe are seeing that reflected in more people taking the Silent Sword. I haven't done a, an exhaustive check of what people are running in their decks, but my guess would be that for people who need a good weapon upgrade, they are probably taking that one. Yeah. And then, of course, Silent Helm and Silent Ring are just easy includes for almost anybody. Sure. Um, I think maybe those are the ones that start to make it problematic in just that it's like, well, I'm going to throw them in anyway because reducing crits to regular successes is really strong. Yeah. And I can draw cards. Well, to me, what's interesting <laughs> is that it's a it's a set that uh, isn't crazy about, like, it, it isn't, crazy powerful to have it as a set like the there's yeah. individual pieces like you'll see silent sword taken without anything else because it, it's kind of a good enough weapon mm-hmm. uh you'll see silent ring for people who want the card draw uh and it, it starts to do that thing where like well i've already got silent ring in here like maybe i do make maybe my defensive buff instead of a plus one wound maybe i make that silent helm and now i can you know uh, unlock silent rings plus you know what i mean like yeah 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 it has that but there's uh people aren't I've not seen people take the objective um, for scoring off of having silent relics or, you know, whatever. So um, mm-hmm. I, in my mind, I think it's the set that's come closest to getting it right. Although there it's, it's weird because there are some uh, smoke and hot ones in there and there's some duds. So it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's weird that it's so uh, such a dichotomy within that, that one set. Yeah, I agree. And like, there's no, like you said, there's almost no reason to stack them. Like, I almost would rather they find a balance where it's like, you could take this by itself, 
but it's you know you really need to pair it with something else before it feels strong um yeah maybe maybe don't have like a cumulative effect for all of them because that's sort of where it tended to get out of hand or just having scoring being tied to holding them it's like hey if you get one glory for every one of these and i'm holding three it's a big deal yeah um and I think maybe that's part of the reason you aren't seeing people run that objective because it just doesn't have a big enough payoff. Yeah. Um, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah. And I, I will say, like, I, I can understand from a de- design perspective, like, anytime they've tried making things that are, like, only effective as combos in this game, like, it's been really tough to take. Uh, so, yeah. like, early on, uh, taking things that... Like there was, there were uh, gambits. I, was it hunting season? It made everyone's a hunter in a quarry, or you know, there were there were some yeah. different gambits that said like the only thing this upgrade does is make somebody a hunter or make somebody a quarry or something like that, um, which meant by definition that it was like it only existed to combo with something else, and those didn't get taken a lot because it is really tough. So it's really tough to find a card that is good in combo like good enough without combo that you, you know, you're not just totally hamstringing yourself by taking it. If you have that at the top of your deck and the other one at the bottom. Um, yeah. So, but again, with Mulligan, like maybe, maybe those, maybe that makes some of that design easier. We'll see. It, it certainly would make it easier to get your combos. Um, yeah. And maybe they don't want that. I don't know. It feels, <laughs> feels like on the one hand for upgrades, they kind of lean into it. And then for ploys, they kind of lean away from it. Um, and maybe they, they want it that way on purpose because at least in like other card games, usually once you can combo off, it's like, well, I did the thing. Now I win. (laughs) Um, And it's like, that can be a good thing in a game, but I think in a game like this, where the idea is that it's this back and forth combat oriented thing, if you can just combo off with cards and win because of that, it can kind of take some of that, uh, tension out of the combat it's like well it doesn't really even matter because as long as i can play my cards i can still win um but you know that's all speculation i could be way off base i guess listeners you can let me know (laughs) (laughs) but that's been my my feeling on that but i'm a fan of comboing in other card games so i would not be opposed to having more card based play in this game it just i don't think is the design direction they've decided to take Uh, um we're doing some speculating there like it's it's not a thing we do a ton of um let me push it even further there what do you think this uh what do you think this mystery warband is Mm. like i think the only thing we know is that there's a little circle it's got like a lightning bolt in it yeah there's some lightning in the circle so uh, yeah i think it sort of evokes Stormcast right away, but then that that's it's like, well, why would they be doing more Stormcast? We just got Stormcast, and like, should we really be having Stormcast be the major focus of this warband mm. or this season? I guess not this warband. Um, yeah. But then, if you you know, if you dig into some of the other lore in Age of Sigmar, you do there are um, in the Beasts of Chaos. There's the thunderscorn yeah and they are these like well they're they're called dragon ogres and it's kind of what you'd think they're like centaur ogres but their body their lower body part is a like a dragon um without wings and mm. one or two of those as a warband would be pretty cool i think um and they they lean into lightning as their like jam uh some of their lore is that like they get healed by lightning and they can call storms totally um so I'd be super about that. Um, I've definitely seen some chatter of people thinking that it's like something with zombies and using like necromancy and raising zombies. But I don't feel like that really matches the lore of Age of Sigmar. Like we're not doing stuff Frankenstein style. We're not using electricity to <laughs> oh, raise sure, people from the saying, dead, yeah. right? Yeah. So, oh, that's an interesting take though. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would say my hope is the, the Thunderscorn way. I, like I can think of like, one or two dragon ogres, uh, and maybe if they're like really using it, you know, kind of like the thing they did with the uh, the wild hunt, where here's a faction that could at some point become a full thing in AOS, or maybe not. You know, right. Thunder Thunderscorn is a faction basically has one plastic kit of the dragon ogres and one resin kit of the shagath, and yep. that's it. Um, 
I wonder if, you know, it could expand out where there was somehow like, you know, little ones as well or, or, you know, bipedal ones or, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe they have just beastmen running along with them or maybe there's something more thunderscorn-y, um, and, uh, you know, doing some of our, our, uh, story phase stuff. It's not like they're all over the place, but I, you know, you notice like, Hey, there's there's the thunderscorn peaks are mentioned over here, like in some of the discussion with, um, what Kragnos and that sort of thing. Like, yep. well, you know, they could have called that anything. They decided to mention thunderscorn again. So I wonder, it, it's, it's <laughs> not as like, it's not as like, uh, it's not a biggest push as they've, they, as they did when they were getting ready to like release overlords or, or different things like that. So it's not as obvious, but that's my hope. Um, I also, I'd be disappointed. I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if it was, you know, annihilators or, or some other, uh, thing, yeah. you know, uh, figure from the, the new Stormcast range that hasn't been released. But that, that'd be a weird season, right? Like Stormcast, Stormcast, Destruction, Destruction. Uh, that's your that's your four Warband season. You know? Yeah. Well, so so we'd have, I guess, to, to look for even further forward. In Q2, we do know that there is going to be another core box as well. Yeah. Because... Um, so, so there could be more uh, factions in there that aren't represented yet if they choose to go the Stormcast route. Uh, but I agree. I think it would feel a little weird for the first four releases to both be Order and Destruction. Yeah. Um, even though it does kind of match with what their story is doing in Age of Sigmar, I don't think that it needs to or even should follow the story of Age of Sigmar for releases sure. in this game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I maybe you know maybe it'll have be something to do with like ocean storms or something like that you know like the mm, sure. you know, you've got you we're in this uh, we're in Harrow Deep yeah you know, we had the pirate ogre so maybe it'll be something themed around the season a little a little stronger so yeah we'll, I mean a new we'll Ideneth I mean it'd be close together but I mean two Ideneth warbands wouldn't be a bad thing we've gotten already multiple corn warbands many. Uh, green skins it's like sure. yep sure let's get some more elves in here and it would be fitting for the watery depths to have more watery fighters yeah. maybe have like a mage this time around or something yeah yeah, yeah totally what uh you, you mentioned uh, another core set that's that's breaking the trend that we've done in the past how do you yeah. feel about a, a core set uh representing the fifth and sixth war bands of this i don't know if it's a new season or if it's a season that has more than one core set. I don't like, there's a lot of questions to be sorted out here. Like how does this impact rotation? Um, all that. I, I am also very curious about those same questions. I, I would hope that it's not a new season because if we start shifting to six month seasons instead of one year, that would feel really awkward. I feel like because you'd only get to play with cards, uh, for a year at a time. Yeah, um, I would so be surprised too. if they if they changed it that drastically. But. Yeah. Um, so my my guess would be that it's going to just be a way to introduce new boards and introduce maybe some new I don't know tokens or some other new thing into the landscape without having to have like a separate pack that they've done in the past. Hmm. Um, it's always felt a little strange to be like hey here's some you know new cards and boards that you can use and maybe a new token pack but then it's tied to arena mortis Mm. and then we kind of end up in this weird balancing state where it's like uh so i mean i guess i want to pick that up because i want to have all the stuff to play with but then 90 percent of it or more maybe is stuff that you really never would never use in um a regular game of uh, underworlds but the few things that you would use it's like wow some of this stuff is maybe maybe wasn't intended or mm. maybe wasn't anticipated to be used uh, right. in this yeah, way yeah. i think uh my first reaction on here and it was like wow it seems like kind of a, a pricey thing to put in the middle but when you take a step back like it is just a little bit more than the cost of two warbands right like uh, yeah so if you think of it as like you're just buying those two warbands together, then it's it's pretty close. So, and if it um, comes 
if it comes with two new boards as well, mm. um, I, I mean, it'll still the core boxes. If if you really break down everything that you're getting, the core boxes are the always the best value mm. uh, in a release season. But it's usually because we're introducing like a whole new rule book and they have to get everybody on like, here's your entry point. Uh, but if you're in the middle of a season, like hopefully there's no new rule book. So like, I mean, you do still get value out of it. It is, it yeah. just feels a little strange. Um, I guess there's a, maybe part of doing that is that also gives a natural point at which to do a rebalance. Mm. um yeah so they can kind of say all right core box is followed by far and faq updates sure and then it's just like when are we going to get the next thing when is this going to happen and they can just say next core box yeah um i don't know if that's actually going to be the case it it feels like maybe something they would do to be like here we can like have a natural plan for where to time things um Mm -hmm. even if maybe that means we don't get appropriate hot fixes to actually <laughs> yeah we're, we're maybe problems, seeing but... some of that with some of the other games where like aos 3.0 was promised it's winter winter update and on the first day first official day of winter they dropped it so you know, maybe they're maybe they True. are trying to structure like that a little bit more across their games so yeah and, um, and i mean i guess if we can get to a point where there's no longer a question of like well how long is it going to be this time mm-hmm. um because obviously this past year, obvious, and and there were a whole lot of extenuating circumstances, but like, sure, we went a long time without any answers from right, right. Workshop and, and the most disheartening thing was just not knowing how long you were going to wait, you know. And I think that's that's why there's some, uh, like with this far that came out and had some uh, odd inclusions on it, and you're like, well, okay, like you know that that's fine. But now I don't know. Am I waiting for ninety days, or am I waiting for a year and ninety days before I see another one? You know. And yeah. So I, I think, uh, I think just knowing, I think just a little uh, known structure would go a long ways. And uh, seeing where they're going with other games, I think there's a good chance we might see something like that for us, for some of the reasons you were mentioning. Yeah. And and I guess maybe something we didn't touch on enough, but like there are still some answers that we need from the FAQ that weren't there. Um, so I don't know. I, hopefully we don't end up in a state like that again. Um, and I don't I don't suspect that we will because they probably won't introduce a sort of like bolt-on mechanic-like primacy again. Um, but, you know, who knows? Maybe we will. Uh, but either way, we, like I, I just am hoping that we hear more from them. And like you said, we can... Uh, expect some some similar patterns to the other games and have a structure to their releases and and i think that you know assuming that things go smoothly that we should see some in-person tournaments coming back and if there are in-person tournaments we definitely are going to have to like it should be an impetus to say hey can we get some answers for this stuff because yeah. it's a directly impacting tournaments if you don't sure. answer the questions sure and I guess in that vein, like, what do you, I mean, as of right now, the next big tournament for us, or I guess anyone in the U.S., I think, is Adepticon, assuming that it happens. What What are your thoughts on an in-person tournament? Do you think it's going to be able to happen? Do you think people will go? Uh, I, I think there's still a lot of, I mean, as of the time of recording, we're still figuring out what exactly Omicron is going to mean for, yep. for folks. So. Yep. I think there's just a really big question mark over it, um, and it 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 could be it could work out. It, it might not. I mean, there might we might have the next variant by then, and that'll be all the difference. So, who who knows? Um, I, but I, I I don't think it's out of the question that we would be in an environment where we'd be able to uh, do something like that. But um, also, wouldn't be shocked if uh, we weren't we weren't able to, or if it was uh, hesitantly attended. You know depending on yeah things shake out yeah that's kind of the that's kind of where i'm at too is it feeling like on the one hand if if there's these in-person tournaments it might you know give this driver to be say okay let's let's make sure that we can keep pace to the rules questions but then also like 
there's so much uh it's just it's there's so many unknowns that it's like you know can we even assume that the current tournament questions even have a whole lot of merit if there is not a large enough presence of the community um so at least for me i'm more just looking forward to continuing to be able to play in our local league and trying to just keep it small and keep it safe and just have lots of fun playing the game um i mean big tournaments are great it it was super fun the last time we were at adepticon but i th- I, I kind of agree that like we just kind of need to be in a holding pattern still for now yeah i mean uh, I'll, I'll echo that sentiment like i look forward to a big big event um there's people i'd love to meet up with uh some of them i've only met online or, or only talked to like over discord or, or that sort of thing it'd be awesome to see them in person and i that, that would be the the biggest thing for me about a, a big thing like that um i think we we both know that you know when it comes to actually competing in it i'll probably flinch at the last minute and take some like <laughs> god's sworn hunt level thing and you know go two and two or something um uh, but course. uh yeah <laughs> i i can't resist the lure um but uh but seeing those people uh and and seeing you know seeing people that i've i've met and uh you know through this podcast or through through other um other online communities uh would be really awesome um, seeing some of our other friends from, you know, uh, Path to Glory or, or uh, Battle for Salvation or, you know, any of the other creator channels out there, it'd be, it'd be fun to see them. I feel like, you know, since the last Adepticon that we got to actually go to, there's been a whole lot of things that changed, you know. So yeah. um, it'd be it'd be, uh, it'd be fun to be able to capitalize on that. But like you said, in the meantime, like, we are fortunate to have like a thriving local scene for the game. Um, and, uh, it's awesome to go and play. Um, this last week I only played the one game, uh, cause I was just kind of chatting with, uh, a couple, couple of people there. Um, we didn't get started with ours right away, but I had a great game and I really enjoyed like listening to people playing their games and, you know, hearing about the cool moments and, uh, you know, just seeing people enjoying the game. And, and I loved, uh, I loved being able to like think about it afterwards. Like, okay, like I, I lost again with Grimwatch, but like, what did I learn? Like, what am I learning about? What, what's the next thing I want to try if I want to try and get better at these guys or, or at obje- this style of like horde style objective play? Like if I was going to keep working on it, what would be the thing you like that? Those sort of thought cycles are what like engage me, uh, keep me interested in the downtime and then the, the enjoyment of the, you know, interactions and the, the, Cool player community that we have is what makes it enjoyable on the day. So that's something I something I look forward to, and um, I'm, I'm uh, glad we we've, we've got it. So even if the real big things don't open up quite yet, we're we're lucky to have that. Um, but for the people out there that uh, the the big events are really kind of what they what they get to do, uh, who may not have that local community fully developed, uh, I, I hope you know, especially on their sake and on our own that. Um, those uh, get to be like a, a safe and, and fully participated thing um, pretty soon. So. Yeah, definitely. So that's a lot of looking forward, a lot of talking about sort of near and far future uh, thoughts of where things stand and where we'd like to see things go. Any any other things that you'd want to touch on? Any other just general thoughts about <clears throat> the game as a whole? Uh no, just that uh, you know, like we 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 joked how we didn't really uh, do anything in particular for our, our three years as a as a podcast, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, just a just another chance to reflect back on it. Like it, it's the game's gone through a whole bunch of different things. Um, I it's been it's been fun to have this as an outlet to like think about it and promote the game, and you know, just kind of try and get other people excited or thinking about a game that we are excited about and like to think about uh, and to be able to share that. So um, if you've been listening the whole time or only just recently, I'd, I'd just say uh, thanks for thanks for listening uh, during that time. And uh, uh, we appreciate whatever level you are able to engage with the podcast uh, and, the, and the community as a whole, uh, whether you're a content creator yourself or whether um, whether you're 
just uh, binging this and, and thinking about playing your first game or something like that. Like uh, there's a full spectrum that we end up talking to one way or the other sometimes. And um, just want to, wherever you're at, thank you for, for being part of it. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's been a crazy year. I'm sure everyone's been <laughs> feeling that as well. And, uh, you know, having, having this community, um, not just because we make a podcast, but because it's cool to just be able to engage about a game that we all like, um, even if we can't always do it in person, uh, has been pretty great. Um, and, and having sort of the level of engagement and creativity and discussion that people, uh, tend to have around this game has, has allowed for a lot of just very fun, uh, and informative sort of, uh, thought provoking things to read, listen to, uh, look at, um, for people who share their painting, um, chat about deck building ideas and, and, and that's pretty awesome to then be able to contribute with our own pieces um so i definitely want to want to just say that i i feel pretty humbled by the fact that even after all this time that people still seem to enjoy listening to what we have to say about the game um and that uh it seems that the the game continues to be popular enough that people are are making a point of when they join up seeking out these types of resources and that we can be one of those resources for people. Um, and hopefully we can continue to do that for you folks. Yeah, definitely. All right. If you would like to let us know uh, about this episode, if you uh, think anything uh, of the show in general, you can always reach out to us at WTHcast on Twitter uh, and then also whatthehexcast at gmail.com. And uh, fairly recently now, you can also rate our show on Spotify. So if you'd like to just throw a rating on there, just let us know and potential uh, new players who want to see what you think of the show, um, that would also be great. That'd be a great way to just quickly share feedback um, and yeah. I'll let other people know about it. Those algorithms are, are not generally public information and it's not like we have any insight, but uh, you know, if, we, if you drop us a five star on it, then, uh, it helps other people find it. And that, that helps grow the community in its own way. I'll yeah. say this. If you, if you don't think we earned a five star, do me this one favor, drop us a line. Tell, tell me what, uh, tell me where we're falling short. Give us a chance to fix that. And we'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll work on that. And then, uh, and then you can, you rate us how you feel you need to rate us. So, but, yeah. uh, like I said, if, if, uh, if you get a chance, that'd be awesome. Uh, and if you have, you know, if you use a different podcatcher um, that allows for ratings, do it on there. Definitely. Definitely. And, and as you know, as Dave was saying, if you've got thoughts about the show, if you've got, you know, suggestions, um, or just general ideas about the show, um, we are going to have that, uh, survey. Um, we will have links to it once it's available. Uh, if you, I mean, it shouldn't take more than just a couple minutes to fill out. Uh, so it would be super helpful for us just to get some more focused feedback. Um, as always, if you would like to hear more about the mortal realms, uh, maybe you want to go hear a little bit more about Thunderscorn and some of the other beast chaos stuff, like we mentioned today, uh, you can head over to the mortal We've got a couple other podcasts in our sort of group. Um, you got story phase, you got, uh, uh, path to story and the dogs of war cry all putting out, uh, some cool stuff, uh, for all the different aspects of age of Sigmar, uh, just, game focused story focused um all sorts of cool stuff um coming up next i don't know do we have a coming up next i think we're going to keep this one open because we don't know exactly what's going to drop when um we've got uh we've got some options so if we we'll uh we'll come back at you maybe a deep dive on a warband maybe we'll get you another uh live deck build or a uh or a battle report have uh phil and i go at it and uh talk talk about what we've figured out (laughs) Yeah, maybe I can give you a live battle report of me losing with Grimwatch. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. All right. And then our recommended listening for today. What have you got, Davey? Yeah, uh, this because we uh, we threw a lot of information out there. uh, And so thematic, I'm going to say lies I chose to believe. uh, And that's by John Moreland. So (laughs) um, good song. Check it out. So that'll do it for today. For what the hex? I've been Phil. I've been Davey. 
Uh, but um, I completely forgot to introduce myself. 